0: This is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Ashley White, Executive Director of HR at APQC, to talk about hiring interviews. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Good morning, how are you, Mercy? I'm doing good. So, Ashley, you might not know this, but in my spare time, I sometimes help people, almost exclusively family and friends of friends, work on their resumes. I am definitely not an HR expert myself, as you well know, but I am a writer, so they find their way to me. And I do love helping people show off the best side of themselves, so it can be a really rewarding thing to do. But lately, it's also been kind of depressing because a lot of these folks feel like they're not just up against other candidates, but they're also up against AI tools that are going to chuck their applications straight in the garbage, if they don't use exactly the right words and don't tick every single box. And they're not wrong. A recent report from Harvard Business School and Accenture found that about 75% of employers use automated hiring systems. And the report found that these tools are stopping an estimated 27 million people across the US, many of them caregivers, veterans, immigrants, and people with disabilities from finding work. So all this to say, I think that whether your company specifically uses these tools or not, most of the job seekers that you'll meet have gone through some pretty dehumanizing experiences leading up to the interview. And that I think makes it even more important to get it right and to take full advantage of the opportunity that's there. So Ashley, I first wanted to ask you about the big picture. What do you think is the ultimate purpose of the interview during the hiring process?
1: Uh, Well, certainly the ultimate purpose of the the hiring process is to find the best fit for the role, but also for the culture of your company. And everything you just said about AI, um, while on a podcast, you can't see my head nods. I was nodding vigorously because you're exactly right. Um, The benefit of utilizing ai to get to your ultimate goal which is to hire the right candidate and not spend crazy amounts of time reading through resumes that are not a good fit <clears throat> is great i mean the, there is some benefit to using it um the downside to using is using uh, that that artificial intelligence that interface uh, the screening process that's automated is that you can miss your ultimate goal Of hiring the right candidate at the same time Uh, because again the culture fit for organizations i think is incredibly important Um, i have always firmly believed that you can take a willing and ready person and train them to do many things even if their resume doesn't say that they've already done it before Um, i i think there's a lot of organizations particularly one like an apqc that is ready to teach. I mean, that's the foundation of who we are, is is learning. So um, to get to my ultimate purpose, a lot of times those tools get in the way for me. Um, and I have to try to almost trick the tool into letting people past uh, the built-in filters that are there so that I can get to that ultimate purpose, which, again, is finding the right skills, but just as important, finding the right uh, culture fit, the right person for your organization that is going to really thrive uh, in your environment. Absolutely.
0: So what are some of your, your secrets, your tips for figuring out whether someone is a good fit for the team and the company culture? And Culture can be such a mushy sounding thing. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of get at that in a 30 minute to one hour interview?
1: Yeah, you're right. Culture is kind of mushy um, and it's different. Um, And even inside an organization, you could probably survey every person at our company and you would get a slightly different definition of what culture looks like through their lens at APQC. I I know what it is to me. Um, I usually use the do they make my belly upset test. You know, is this somebody I'd want to sit next to all day? Um, And I have a sliding scale. Everything from I'd take them out and have a beer on Friday nights and want to sit there and learn more about them all the way down to, yep, I'd work with them on a team. but They're not going to be on on my Facebook friends, you know, all of those things fit inside our culture as far as employees go. So I have, it's not a one size fits all Mm. in my opinion. Um, For me, the most important thing I can do, or I've figured out works well, is to get someone uh, in their comfort zone in an interview very quickly. So I've been at this a long time, uh, more than 25 years, and I've certainly learned all of the behavioral interviewing tips and the standard questions, and I know legally what you can't ask and what you can. Um, but to me, when you really figure out whether or not this person is going to fit well in your environment is to peel back all of that and get behind Oz's curtain and get to know the person. Um, and sometimes the things you can't legally ask um, do make a difference. So it's figuring out how to make somebody comfortable in such a way that You're having a conversation about life and about who they are Mm. um, without coming at it and saying, are you married or do you have kids? Like, those are the kinds of things you're not allowed to pursue. Um, But I am interested in the person um, because we are a uh, family-oriented culture. We value people that have a life outside of APQC. I want to know what you do when you leave here. If you play soccer or if you've got five children and you're running crazy all day and all night with activities, I want to know those things, not because it's going to change my hiring decision, but because it gives me a sense for who you are um, and whether our culture is a good fit for you. If you've gotten to me, odds are your resume says something that, that would suggest you could do this job that I'm trying to hire you for. Now I want to know the person. So I try to really get people comfortable. I pride myself in being an open book to the extent that I should in an interview, not inappropriately, but to the extent that I should. And I want people to feel comfortable talking to me about what makes them them, Um, because that's really how I'm going to figure out if they're going to be happy here. Um, It does me no good to hire somebody that's a perfect fit for the job, but they're miserable. Mm. I'll be replacing them in a month or two. I need to find the person that's really going to find our culture interesting, intriguing, engaging, fun, um, that provides them the kind of balance they need in their life, um, you know, that gives them an opportunity to escape uh, and come to a place where they can really be excited about what they're doing. Um, or maybe it's just a safe space to come all day long and do their eight to five and then go home to their craziness. Like, I want it to be, I want to meet them where they are. But you can't do that unless you kind of drop the, the artificial walls that are automatically created when you walk into an interview. Uh, get rid of that kind of junk, get that stuff out of the way, and then get to know the person.
0: Do you have any um, kind of little tips and tricks for kind of putting putting folks at ease? like when, I'm sure you meet a lot of folks who are super, super nervous mm-hmm. when they walk in. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of like mm-hmm. settle them down?
1: Um, well, I just, I get the elephant out of the way. So, you know, I let them know um, what I'm there to do. So I'm going to start off with like an agenda of sorts and say, okay, here's what I'm hoping to accomplish while we're in here today. You know, I want to get these things uh, knocked out of the way, the, the requisite stuff. Um, and I tell them, I want to get to know you. Um, and I'll usually open with a question that is completely unrelated to the interview process itself. So, um, you know, I don't hit head on and say, so what, what makes you think you're qualified for this job? That's the way that somebody's instantly going to be on guard um, for that meeting. Cause that's what they're expecting you to yeah. ask. Um, but Rather than do that, I'll say, so tell me where you were coming from driving to our office this morning. Did you encounter any traffic? What, you know, what road did you take? Well, just have light conversation. And I don't waste a lot of time because I, I recognize that everybody's time is valuable, mine included, but I give them something to talk about that's a real easy teed up question. Right. And then, Oh, so you're coming from Lake Jackson. You know, I, Tell me a little bit about Lake Jackson, you know, or um, tell me what, what you love about that area. Just give them something to talk about that's a very comfortable space. Um, and then lead into, okay, so have you always worked in Lake Jackson? And now I'm kind of getting back to their, mm. to their resume. Um, what, tell me about commuting. Oh, you've commuted to the med center. Tell me about what attracted you to the med center area. And so I'm getting back to their resume without just smacking them right in the face with it to start with. Um, and you're learning, if you're paying attention, you're learning that whole time. Like, what is their driver? How far are they willing to to go? Uh, they Okay, so they don't want to commute more than about 30 minutes away from home. Or, you know, work balance is very important to them. No, they're, they're accustomed to coming in at 6 a.m. Okay, so mm. I've got an early bird. My flexibility is going to be a key uh, to getting them interested in working for me because I can offer that to them. So I'm starting to figure out what are my selling points mm. um, and what, What's important to them um, by just having casual conversation? Because um, most people know how to answer the question, tell me about the kind of team you like to work with. Tell me about what prompted you to make your last company decision. Like, bleh, you know, that's all important, <laughs> but it really doesn't get you to the heart of the person. Um, and to me, that's so much more valuable um, than those questions that everybody comes prepared to answer.
0: Absolutely. So that really leads me right into my next question is about how, how does the, your approach change when everything has to be virtual? I mean, I'm just thinking about how that, that question about the commute is automatically off the table.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you would think it would be, but it's actually more on the table now than ever. Because, oh, okay. Um, because I've actually lost candidates that have now gotten accustomed to working fully remote. And our environment is a hybrid environment. So I've got some candidates that said, I'm, I'm only looking for a fully remote role. Mm-hmm. So that actually is even more valuable a question than it used to be, um, because th- I didn't get it before. People assumed I was supposed to come into the office. Um, now they don't. So um, it's introduced a whole new element into the conversation. Uh, folks are comfortable interviewing, uh, as you and I are talking now with a, a screen in front of us, you know, we see each other, but we're not in a room. So you can read my body language from the shoulders up, but that's it. You have no idea what the rest of me is doing. So um, it makes interviewing more challenging. Um, for a longtime HR person, I spend a lot of my time in an interview reading body language and assessing how someone's sitting in the chair. Um, do they look up? Do they look down? Do they twist a lot? Is there a pen in their hand that they're fiddling with? I'm trying to gauge the interview process just based on all the things that are unsaid in the room. So uh, in some ways, it's made it harder because mm. um, like I said, there's things we never had to, I didn't have to worry about the guy that wants to work remote all the time before, like that didn't exist. Um, and I, I, it, it's crippled me a little bit because of how I like to interview. Um, mm. I like to really in- engage with people uh, fully and that it does make it more difficult to do um, in a virtual setting, you know, the dog's going to walk through the room and bark, or the lawn guy's going to kick off the lawnmower <laughs> outside, or, um, you know, something's going to distract us, uh, because our, our homes and our work lives have blended together, oftentimes into one place. And so, uh, it, it makes the whole process a little more difficult in my opinion.
0: No, well, that makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine, I, I'm curious, do you feel like, um, Candidates seem more or less nervous when they have a remote interview. I was thinking it would might less. Okay. I was thinking for me, I feel like it would be like more nerve wracking because there's all the technology and my, you know, my, what if my internet connection decides to not work for that, like one second, you know? Well that is um,
1: maybe there. I guess that part. I maybe yeah. I answered too too quickly. Um yeah, I would say yes, probably that part on the front end. And you definitely do more of that. can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> like you do all that kind of stuff yeah. at the beginning more than you would before. Um however, on the flip side, again, if folks are sitting in their home offices, that's their comfort zone. Right. So you you don't have them out of their comfort zone where they're a little more on edge and sometimes you get a little bit more insight into people when Mm. they're on edge, right? They're, um, they're on their game. Um, so when they're at home, again, that can work to my advantage or against me. Mm. Um, either they're completely distracted and I can't keep them pinned down. Um, or, uh, I had a call earlier this week where the first 20 minutes of the call were all about, um, extraordinarily personal things that, um, were not helpful to either one of us to talk about necessarily. (laughs) They didn't add to the conversation. It wasn't inappropriate, but they just didn't add anything to the conversation. So I found myself at some point thinking, okay, uh, my tactics have gone completely awry, (laughs) you know, like I'm way off to the right now and I need to bring this whole thing back. And he was in his home office. So, uh, sometimes it can really help you. And sometimes it can, it can hurt you. But um, again, I'm I'm old school. I like to have people in front of me at every chance I can just to to really be able to get to know them. Um, and I want to put them at ease. Like I mean, the way I sit in a room, it, it hopefully will make them more comfortable rather than this just neck up view of somebody. Because um, again, my job is to to sell them on the opportunity as well. I mean, it's not just them selling themselves to me. I've got to reciprocate in that effort. So uh, to me, that's easier to do in an in-person setting.
0: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And yeah, despite how much we all um, enjoy remote work, I think that human touch point, at least at that point, even for full remote organizations, um, I was just talking to somebody the other day that has been hiring for remote roles. And, you know, he's like, we try to get them in, you know, right at Mm -hmm. the, you know, either for the the interview or, you know, for onboarding, just because Mm -hmm. they need to. They, he's like, it doesn't really do anything for us, but they really like it. Yeah, <laughs> which makes and, sense to me.
1: And for us, I think it does stuff for both sides. Um, you know, I've hired folks that live somewhere else and um, like outside of the state of Texas, and I've hired them completely remotely. Um, the whole process was remote. We didn't get to have them come in, and they start off in a more challenging position because you don't have that endearing thing that happens when you come into the workplace and discover, okay, so this is what the coffee bar looks like. This Mm -hmm. is what the desk setup looks like. This is what the faces look like here in the center. Um, You don't get that sense of family and community that you gain. when You at least see the inside of an environment. Um, Because again, the walls tell a story of of what your company's all about. So I, I, to me, there's so much more value to, to having some in-person. I would, I would die on the vine if I was in a fully remote environment, um, and we don't want folks here at the organization that don't want to at least come in. Sometimes, you know, we we try to get folks into the office because I think there is value there, and and I, to me that translates to the interview process. I think it sets the tone for employment. Absolutely. So to, to close out, I wanted to ask you if you could share your
0: favorite interview story. I know you, you have so many good stories, Ashley. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe speak to a little bit about what like that story might reveal about the, kind of the more subtle, nuanced aspects of finding great hires.
1: Yeah. Um, you're, I've interviewed thousands of people over the years. You're, you're right. I do have some great stories. I actually have two. And they're sort of opposite ends, if I can, I'll make them quick. Um, They're kind of opposite ends of when you've done a good job in interviewing and when you've not done a good job interviewing, um, but how you may not have been able to do it any different. So um, one of those is still an employee of the company and the other is not. I'll let you guess which story reflects which person. Um, One of the best hires I think I've ever made uh, was here at, at APQC. And I had found myself at a job fair, a local job fair at one of the colleges here. And I was set out to find um, a soon-to-be college grad, so I wasn't looking for tons of experience, which um, anybody that's ever interviewed, you know, when they say, go find a, a green grad, it is like putting you in the desert and just saying, walk till you find sand. I mean, it's going to be everywhere, right? So. Um, I had found myself at this job fair. We'd been there all day. I was with one of my coworkers and I had seen every smiling face possible walking through this college. We'd seen hundreds of young people and I had a young man come up to me, um, very shy, was not skilled at doing this at all, um, very unsure of himself. He was a math major and walked up to my desk and said, I'm looking for an opportunity. Um, first job out of college. I, he hadn't really worked before. Did not have anything that suggested on paper that he was the right fit for this job but my gut and my coworkers' gut said this is our guy and so we took his resume along with all the hundreds of other ones walked out of the um, conference area that day and and both agreed that whatever it took we were going to hire this person <laughs> we were going to convince everyone else that this was our person um, and so we called him in and he interviewed just as awkwardly as he, as he had met us <laughs> on campus. Um, and my coworker and I said, we're still doing it. We're like, this is our guy. This is absolutely our guy. Um, and so we did. We hired him. Um, for all the right reasons and all the wrong reasons, we hired him. And flash forward uh, almost 10 years later, and he is one of the key components in a multi-million dollar year business every year, uh, high-touch point with our clients. And we could not operate one of our departments without him. I mean, he's simply fantastic. And it was a, it was a huge risk on the front end. And like I said, the, the interview process was not... We, nobody walked out of that process saying, oh my gosh, he's fantastically fit for this role. It was, this is a young person that we're going to take a chance on um, because we are. And there was this like little nugget in there that just said, do it. And we did. And I, it has just been... Amazing. So I'm sure you can guess who that person is. He's still still with us today. Um, On the flip side of that, uh, when you, as I mentioned earlier, you try to get to know people and and let your guard down. Um, We did that with that young man. And again, it it didn't give me a whole lot more information because he was just so ill prepared to interview. But uh, I had a a candidate for a completely different department uh, that I interviewed as well as the hiring manager interviewed. And it seemed to go well perfectly polished, had all the right answers. I mean, it was as if you had given her a movie script and she came in and just performed, literally performed flawlessly. Um, I tried to do the whole let your guard down, get to know you thing, thought I had covered all of my bases. Um, On down the road we go, we extend an offer. She joins the organization and about three days later announces that she's going to have to go on leave in two and a half months because she's seven months pregnant. And I paused and thought, okay, well, that's clearly one of those questions I wasn't allowed to ask. And then I thought, how in 25 years did I not figure out how to ask that somehow? Like, how did I not (laughs) recognize that? And what in the heck am I going to do? I now have potentially a fantastic employee that is going to stop and start. And now the hiring manager is looking at me like, um, what do I do here Uh, You know, with this? scenario like how do I train? How do I onboard? What do I do? We're gonna false start. Should we have just waited until after? And so um, you know, you find yourself doubting uh your abilities at that point <laughs> as an HR person. Like how did how did I mess that up? Um she's fantastic, but how do I make a good opportunity for her uh when she's she's gonna have to kind of come and go. Um so we just sat back and said, all right, let's figure it out. You know, we're going to we're gonna make this work. Um, Let's onboard her in every way possible. Let's get her up to speed as fast as we can. Uh, unfortunately, the role that she was in didn't lend itself well to a stop and start mm. approach in terms of onboarding. It was one of these things that had to build over months. Um, but we did. We went ahead and stopped and started and uh, did the, the best that we could do in that scenario. Um, but there was a lot of questions that came back to me as the HR person that was, how, how, did we, how were we not better prepared um, you know, for the situation going into it. And it's just one of those times where you couldn't have been, um, yeah. you know, you, you just, you did all the right things in the interview. She was, like I said, a fantastic fit for the role and you took a jump and, and then there was a little surprise, you know, <laughs> on the back end of it. Um, and you just have to figure it out. And I've had that happen many times. It wasn't necessarily that exact, uh, circumstance, but I've had it many times where you take a jump for all the right reasons. Mm. And then you figure out that there was more to the story uh, right. of this person and you've now got to figure out, okay, uh, you know, I hired him for this reason. That's still my reason. I just have to figure out how am I going to navigate this, this challenging situation. I've had folks that have had lots of personal things, both positive and negative right when they joined my organization and, um, being very human about those scenarios and making sure that they know that you're invested in them, that your intent was to hire them, your intent is still to hire them, that, you know, you're going to figure out how to make it, how to make it work. So, um, those are times where I've questioned myself for sure. Uh, but then, you know, at second glance, I'm like, okay, it it wasn't the ball. I thought you were going to throw to me, but you know, I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it anyway. So, um, long-term that, that one didn't work out. Um, but in scenarios like the first one it did, and I've told that story many times, um, and I use that employee as an example of what can be uh, when the heart is there, when the drive is there, when the engagement is there, and when the the willingness to to teach and train is there because AI would have kicked that young man's resume out of any system you put them through. You would have never got past any filter um, but he got past the human filter, and that was the one that mattered uh, in this scenario. So, don't don't always trust what's on paper. You, you trust what you see. You trust what you hear. You trust what your gut tells you. Um, you know, removing the human component from interviewing would be a, a travesty. <laughs> uh, it, it's critical to what you do uh, to making a good hire.
0: Absolutely, I don't think I could think of a better way to put it, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and you know this person, so I mean, you know I'm, I'm coming from a place of truth. So. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. It's
0: true. No, and it is incredible. I think that, um, you know, I always feel like APQC must be hard to hire for. I'm sure a lot of people think that, but, mm-hmm. you know, getting at that human element is so important for every organization because on paper, a lot of organizations are kind of weird or sound kind of
1: mm-hmm. boring
0: on paper. And to really like bring someone fully on board it's a people-to-people connection
1: it it truly is yes i was just reading through some of our stuff yesterday Uh, reworking a role description that we have out in the world. And I read it and said, okay, pretend you've never seen this before, Ashley, what is going to bring you into this? And about halfway through it, I was like, this job is like bleh. Like (laughs) I got to figure out a way to make this sound more. And it's very interesting work, but if you've never done it before, or you're an outsider looking in and you don't know all the cool stuff that comes with an organization like ours, just at face value, it was bleh. So I thought, nope, I'm going to spend some time taking out some of the the buzzwords that nobody's going to hit on. I'm going to make sure, you know, the search. So trying to get the search to work for me. So not ruling people out, but getting the search to take me to people, Mm. um, making sure there's words in there that people are naturally going to go look for in an organization. So, you know, that AI thing goes both ways. Um, it can kick me out of somebody's search, just like it can kick a resume out of mine. Mm. So, um, you know, it's just really making sure that. Um, my best is out there for the world to see, too, in terms of our organization and who we are. And you're right, APQC is hard to hire for. Um, it's, but once you get behind the door of the coolness, then it's like, oh my gosh, this is a place that has a fantastic opportunity to grow and learn and be a part of something really amazing. And uh, I love our quirky, fun people. Um, you know, there's not anybody in this organization that's exactly like me, and I've hired on purpose so that they're not. Um, you know, I want people to be different. I I want eclectic groups of people um, because I think that's when you get the best out of them. You know, I don't don't need a group of drones. Mm -hmm. I need a group of human beings. Um, And, and again, that's where the recruiting process can be so, so challenging um, because humans provide you the unexpected and it's trying to figure that out on the front end. Um, I've laughed for years with our CEO that one of these days, my my big million dollar entrepreneurial opportunity is going to come when I can figure out how you test for lazy and crazy on the front end <laughs> like if I ever come up with a system that tests for lazy and crazy, um, I would make millions um, it doesn't exist, uh, and if somebody out there has it, mercy can give you my email and send it to me <laughs> but um, you know until then, I think it's critical that that you just meet with people and you get to you get to know them and you don't rely on LinkedIn or any other tool that's filtering for you to be your whole interview process. You know, LinkedIn is fantastic and these other tools are fantastic, but they can't be your whole thing. It's got to be more than that.
0: Absolutely. This is not awesome. something you can automate away. That's for no, sure.
1: <laughs> that, if, you, if you do, you're going to miss out on somebody like my young man from the college career fair. You're going to miss out on that, on that kid. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod again, Ashley.
0: You're welcome. It's always fun to talk to you. Well, once again, this is Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please visit APQC.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.